Welcome to The Leverage Point, a podcast about your development and performance at work. Improvement doesn't have to be hard or boring. This podcast is a pragmatist's guide to growth, achievement, and success. Discover your leverage point. I'm Sergey Gorbatov. And I'm Angela Lane. We're researchers and practitioners in the field of talent, human performance, and behavior. Together with you, we'll translate science into leverage points. So, Angela, what are we talking about today? Today, I want to talk about a topic that doesn't get a lot of attention, especially when we're thinking about career, and that is the role that your boss plays in your short and long-term success. That's funny. Given the frequency with which we are asked questions about bosses, it's surprising how little profile is given to this topic in career advice. And intuitively, we all know that our boss plays a big role in how successful we are. And research confirms this. Better relationships with your boss are proven to lead to faster salary progression, chances to get promoted, and your overall career satisfaction. That is how happy you are about your career. Yet, we tend not to be as purposeful or strategic about who we work for in the same way that we are about which roles we take. And I think this is because we often don't get the opportunity to select our bosses. If we are moving internally, we might be simply appointed to a role. And if we apply for a role externally, we may not know too much about the person that we're going to report to outside of the regular interview process. Exactly. I think what happens is because the boss is harder to influence, it means that the topic of selecting your boss doesn't get a lot of attention. And yet there are three reasons why it absolutely matters. Our boss plays three different roles when it comes to how successful we'll be in relation to our career. Three different roles. That sounds interesting. But before you explain further, Angela, let's define what we mean by career success, because that's important. So here we are talking about you getting to do the sort of work or having the role you want to have. So it's success both as others see it and as you personally define it. It's both objective and subjective and not necessarily in the traditional hierarchical success sense. Exactly. And what you need to do to be able to have that success as you define it is three things. You need to be performing in your current role. That's a prerequisite, I think, for going on and doing bigger and better things. But simultaneously, you need to be preparing or learning for future roles. And finally, you do need to be being positioned as someone who can do more. So three things, performing, preparing, and being positioned. And your boss plays a huge role in the extent to which you get each of those three elements. Angela, I think that you have a natural knack for making difficult things really easy to remember. I, I don't know if you've given any thought to that, but you've created the three P's of being set up for success, you know, performing, preparing, and positioned. That sounds really cool. Thank you. Uh, so for the purposes of this podcast, let's call a boss that brings all of those three elements to the table. Let's call uh, him or her super boss. So, Sergey. What's the super boss actually doing? Let's start with the first P, performing. The role of the boss is how you perform in the current role. 
that's straightforward, that goes without saying. Every boss is responsible for raising the bar on performance and making sure that everyone is meeting their objectives and goals. If I think about what ensures that high performance, you would want a boss that enables it by having a clear vision, translating that into realistic but high expectation for the work and giving you feedback on the progress towards those goals so that you can perform successfully. And let's build on that. To perform in the current role, you also need to be motivated. So you're going to want a boss that's engaging, not only setting goals, providing feedback, ensuring the right management of the processes that ensure high performance, but also meaning that you are treated respectfully, that you understand the importance of your contribution, and you feel like you have a role to play in the team's future success. So the boss is helping me perform at my best. The second P, though, is really about simultaneously preparing me for more. So the best boss is also developing me. Sergey, you and I spend a lot of time on the subject of development, and we know that the best boss is always, always finding that opportunity for me to feel a development need or a gap. That could be an experience gap. So they're giving me work I haven't done before. Or it could be a behavioral gap, giving me work that requires me to practice new behaviors. The best boss is balancing, giving me a mix, enough known content to meet the requirements of the first P, in other words, I'm performing, but also enough new content to enable me to grow. It goes without saying that this boss who is preparing me is also giving me feedback about how I'm going and coaching me, challenging me to improve, giving me strategies for doing that and doing that ideally, optimally, reinforcing me, giving me confidence and that boost that I need to do that really well. Adding to that, our boss is bringing that third element that we talked about. They're also starting to position me in the eyes of others as someone they can support when it comes to bigger opportunities. This is that third P around positioning. So this boss is my advocate. They are publicizing my work and they're advocating for me as a worker. So looking at those three P's, the best bosses, they help us perform they prepare us for bigger and better roles and uh, they position us. So what's the issue about it? Well, the issue is that bad bosses are bad business. So if a good boss helps us perform and positions us for the future, the bad boss is doing the opposite, at least in one or more of those dimensions. So maybe their vision isn't clear. So the deliverables keep changing. Maybe as a manager, they play it safe and they never give you the opportunity to try something new. Or maybe they're a talent hoarder and they're not letting you get positioned for things in the future. Bad business. Can we stop here uh, for, for, for a little while and just talk about the examples of managers that hoard talent? And I'm sure that we've all seen those. A talent hoarder is someone who develops talent but with a goal of keeping that person for their team. They may praise you, but they don't represent you to others. And it's important to recognize a hoarder quickly so that you can develop an appropriate strategies. And here are some telltale signs. Um, For example, your boss is a hoarder if he or she consistently tells you that you still need to develop further, even though you've been through the same business cycle a couple of times. 
Or another sign could be that your boss discourages you from applying for internal jobs or talking to other managers saying that it isn't the right time or that uh, they're expecting to have an opportunity for you or that it would be a political mistake. I love that you give us concrete examples because I agree, talent hoarding is more common than you would think. In fact, if I recall, there was a 2018 article published by Gardner and some colleagues in the Journal of Management. And there they talked about the results of some research that had been done that showed that 70% of managers engage in talent hoarding. Now, that's a huge number. And these 70% of managers, when it came to talent hoarding, engaged in two types of behavior, nurturing and persuading. So their first tactic, nurturing, is about displaying kindness. They praise the employee's work. They try to be especially helpful, but doesn't go further than that. The second one, persuading, concerns talking about a rival's department as having perhaps poor management, maybe asking if the employee is looking for another job, assigning them to long-term projects they can't be moved, or offering rewards or special treatment. So uh, I love the fact that there are those telltale signs. Well, I, I, I do love rewards or special treatment, <laughs> and it may sound like being nurtured is a good thing. And actually, the more valuable you are, the more nurturing you may get. In that research, Angela, that you mentioned, managers who believed that an employee was at risk of departing increased their use of nurturing tactics. And the employees with the highest IQ got the most nurturing, interestingly. But no doubt, a talent hoarding but nurturing boss is definitely better than a toxic one. Still, staying with the same boss for too long is bad for your development long term. And this brings us back to the earlier point. Bad bosses are bad business. And of course, there's time-proven research on the risk of what's called over-reliance on a single advocate. In the case of talent hoarders, we may get lots of great nurturing, we may have great advocacy from our boss, but over-reliance on that one person is a proven career derailleur. If that's your strategy, you're at risk of being left out in the cold in the event that you lose the sponsorship of that person or they depart the organization. All right, so now that we know a bit more about bad bosses and good bosses and reporting uh, to a good boss and choosing the boss, what's the leverage point? The opportunity here is that we often take the boss as a given. We treat the boss as something that's fixed instead of thinking about the boss like we would other things as a career variable. So whether you're looking to change roles or even if you're looking to stay in the role that you're in, knowing that your leader makes a big difference to your career means that the smart money is trying to determine how to make that boss-subordinate relationship work for them. So let's maybe talk through two scenarios for folks. In the first one, let's think about what are your strategies if you're looking for a new role? What would you do about thinking about the role that your new boss can play in your career success? Then let's take the other scenario where you're not looking for a new job, but you have that bad boss, maybe not in all three dimensions, you know, in lacking in some aspects. 
let's take a look then at what those folks should do. So, Sergey, let's start uh, with some guidance. And let's start with the first example, with the first scenario that uh, you've outlined. Let's assume that you're looking for a new role. You don't take a new job without checking out the job carefully, right? You wouldn't change companies without figuring out or trying to figure out the organization. And maybe you would do a little bit of research on Glassdoor or you would reach out to your contacts on LinkedIn who work there or have worked there before. And it's the same with the new boss. If you are looking for a new role for whatever reason, make one part of your decision criteria the quality of the boss. In other words, you want to select wisely. That's right. And so we would recommend, I think, three things. The first strategy would be to ask others to give feedback on your potential boss. That may be unusual, but think about it this way. I bet that new boss is going to check your references. Well, we'd encourage you to do the same. If you're in the same company, that's pretty easy. But even if you aren't, you can do a few things. Check the resume on LinkedIn. How do they describe themselves? It isn't conclusive, but it's a start. Check for mutual acquaintances. Do you have the possibility to check with a trusted source? And finally, Google them. Who knows what you'll find? <laughs> that made me think, Angela, I'd better Google myself after this episode. Who knows what I'll find? <laughs> but uh, I'll do that later. Now let's turn to the second strategy. So if you are looking at new roles, your strategy could be interviewing the boss. Now, between you and me, we've done hundreds of in interviews in our careers. Candidates are always asked if they have questions. And you know what? Most candidates waste this valuable opportunity. And that's your leverage point. You could use that opportunity to ask questions like, how do you set up your team for success? Or in what ways do you typically develop your team members? Or how do you provide your team members with opportunities for career growth? And uh, that will start giving you a sense of what matters for your boss, how the boss manages the team, their time, what their philosophy around developing others, uh, their wrong career philosophies. Now, you will want to be sensitive, right? An interview is not an inquisition or interrogation, but it is an opportunity for appropriate exploration. But what if the results of the interviewing the potential boss are not conclusive and uh, maybe there are some red flags, but you really like the job? Then you might want to consider the third tactic that somebody taking a new role can consider, which is aligning on expectations early. So let your boss or potential boss know that you are A, anxious to be a high performer, B, looking to develop and see that you're looking for a role that includes exposure to other areas of the business over time. And having put that stake in the ground, you then use your management routines, like your regular one-on-ones, for example, to talk about the progress you're making against those goals and to ask your boss for help if needed. So to recap, if you're looking for a new role, make selecting your boss a part of your consideration. And you can do three things to help with that. First, check out the reputation of your potential boss. Second, ask them a lot of good questions about how they lead. And finally, third, set expectations for your performance, development and exposure and use management routines to check in on how you're going against those expectations. But what happens if we don't have a choice? 
or worse, you were hired by one boss whom you really liked and that person changes jobs even before you start. And that happens quite often. It does. It does. Well, just like for the job seeker, we'd suggest some strategies and we have one for those of you that are sitting in a role today and who aren't necessarily looking for that role to change. But you can do something. And our first recommendation is to assess what you have. We gave our boss three criteria. Sergey coined them the three P's, the boss that helps you perform, that helps you prepare, and that positions you with others. So your first task is to know what's missing. You can ask yourself some simple questions about how good you think your boss is as it relates to those things, but we've made it even simpler because we love to give you practical tools. So what we've done is we've included a really simple quiz within this podcast and it helps you rate your boss. So take the quiz and our first piece of guidance, know what you're dealing with. Now, let's assume that you've done this quiz and uh, the results show that your boss isn't perfect. Actually, you know, that's uh, quite a likely scenario. I'm now thinking about a great a book by Bob Sutton called The Asshole Rule. And I know about stories when employees were buying that book and leaving it uh, furtively on their boss's tables. <laughs> so let's, uh, let, let's, let's think that, uh, yes, uh, you, you are the ruler, not the exception. Your boss isn't perfect. So then uh, try our second tactic, which is not rocket science. It's pretty straightforward, but often it isn't done for some reason. Ask for what you need. If the boss isn't helping you perform, ask for what you need to perform better. If your boss isn't giving you opportunities to learn and develop for the future, ask what is possible. If you don't get exposure, ask what could be done to solve for it. Let's assume that your boss has good intentions, but is missing some opportunities to help you in the long term. It is quite possible that asking for more support could be a highly effective strategy. The squeaking wheel gets the grease. You are an optimist, my friend. You're assuming the boss has good intentions. Um, I've also heard that uh, the nail that sticks out gets banged on the head. So <laughs> my tactic, our third and final tactic, is to assume your boss isn't coming to the party and have a plan for dealing with that too. So what will you do? You can compensate. It's not ideal, but you can compensate for what your current boss isn't providing. For example, if it's about skills development, do you know your gaps and do you have a plan to fill them? It isn't as good as having a great coach. I'm not going to pretend that it is, but it does put control back in your hands. If you're, for example, missing advocacy, well, do you have a plan to build a great network? It's not as easy as having a boss pushing you and giving you exposure but it beats sitting around and waiting for that to change. In other words, we're talking here about agency, taking control, and taking control is a great thing. We recommend one other way in which you can take control when your boss isn't coming to the party. If you review your situation with your boss, if you ask for what you need, and if you find that, especially as it relates to your ability to perform, if you can't win, then you do need to also think about when is the right time to cut your losses. We don't recommend that easily, especially in today's environment. It's a case of measuring twice and cutting once. But 
if your performance is being compromised, especially over time, you risk damaging your reputation. And if you damage your reputation, then you have a lot of work to do to recover that on the path to success as you define it. In short, bosses matter. They matter because they impact how you perform, how you prepare for the future, and how much profile you have. Bad bosses are bad business. Having a bad one gets in the way of you being successful, however you define that. If you are on the lookout for a job change, don't just check the job description or the company website. Check out the boss. Interview them and let them know in a respectful way your need for development and sponsorship. And if you are in an existing role, assess how well your boss is helping you. And if there are gaps in his or her support, ask for more. More support to perform or more development opportunities or more chances to network. And if the boss can't or won't come to the party, have a plan to take control of your own development and exposure. And be weary of the boss for whom you can't perform, the guy for whom you can never do anything right, either because you can't deliver the work or because they treat you in a way that's toxic and that makes delivery hard, there is a time to cut your losses. And even knowing that you have an exit strategy can be empowering why you wait for the right moment to leave or the right opportunity to come along. That's all we have for today. Remember, no boss is perfect, but prefer the boss that helps you perform, lets you grow and lifts your profile. Sergey, are we good bosses? I might have to take the quiz myself. I would be curious to see the results. (laughs) That's it for today. Thanks for listening in. And remember, small changes can lead to big impact if you find the leverage point. So keep asking yourself, what's my leverage point? And to continue this conversation, why not share this episode on social media like LinkedIn or Facebook and add a comment or a question to our wider community. And don't forget about that quiz about your boss. The link is in the podcast description. And give us five stars on Apple Podcast while you're at it. Until the next time. Bye.